something we do if we can do. It's not something we can do when it's, when it's just convenient. When our God says that he is the Prince of Peace, then we realize that we must be peaceful like him. That's why St. Peter says, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace. When God looks into our lives, into our hearts, are we found by Him to be in peace with me? If He searches my heart, and of course we all have issues, we all have problems, we all have difficulties, we all have struggles, and some struggles are worse than others. You watch the news, or you read the newspaper, or you look online, and you see people in the world who are facing struggles that are unbelievable. Things we couldn't even imagine happening at this time, whether it's famine, whether it's people dying of thirst, war, persecution, whether it's just poverty, family breakdowns, social dynamics, alienation, loneliness, So we see all of these things, and then we look at our own difficulties, and I don't mean we should make light of what we experience. What we should do, however, is see what it is that takes away our peace. What is it that deprives us of peace? Is it the fact that our hearts are directed elsewhere? Is it the fact that what gives me peace now has changed? Because at one stage, what gives me peace could have been that I'm living a godly, holy life. My conscience, things about me that make me more like him. When I pray, when I read my Bible, when I go to church, when I attend a fellowship group, when I encounter people who are like-minded, all of this, at one stage, may have given me peace. But as my life changes and I transition into different things and different ways of life, sometimes what might give me peace is how much money I have in the bank, what my job title is, how many people find me popular, how many people look at me and satisfy my ego? How attractive externally I feel? How much the world values me? Because sometimes if we lose any of these, 
It is obvious. Body images become very important. Social status become very important. We've lost some of our ethics and morality to a much more visible, manifest appearance that becomes who we are. And if I lose any of that, if I don't see it, for some reason I lose my peace because I feel that I have become a lesser person. We are never more at peace than we are when we are God when we live the life He calls us to live. So if we're going to push all these things out of our heart, the material nature, the more tangible values we place on our lives, the social, all of these things, when we push them out, we need to replace them with something else. It's very unfair of me to say, no, 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 you can't have these material things governing your life. Because, okay, then what governs your life? Our life cannot be ungoverned. My heart, my mind cannot be vacant places. They're not going to be vacuum. They have to be filled with something. And if I'm going to take out the worldly and tangible and sometimes sinful, I have to replace them with something else. Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 12, verse 43. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then it says, I'll return to the house from which I came. When he comes and finds it empty, swept and in order, then he goes to take seven more spirits, more wicked than himself, and enters and dwells there. Right? That, that's really essential for us to, to notice. That it's okay for me to think I must challenge myself and get rid of these unclean things in my life. But like anything we've tried, if I don't replace it with something else, they come back very, very quickly. One very clear problem at the moment that a lot of people encounter is something like pornography. You challenge people and say to them, don't use your computers in the wrong way. Don't use your media in the wrong way. And that's fine, they'll hold on. But if their lives aren't filled by something else, if that practice is not replaced by something else, if the minute they become free, unoccupied, they don't end up reverting to something more meaningful, then suddenly that's what they flip back to. We go back to the sins we know if we don't have anything stronger to pull us away. That's why when we speak about our spiritual lives, our Bibles, praying, people roll their eyes, you're not a dead. It's not rocket science. If you fill your mind and your heart with God, then that's what's going to be important. That's what's going to occupy you. 
if you fill your mind and your heart on God, that's where your focus is going to be. And the minute you stop, the minute you find downtime, the minute you slow down, you have something to fall back on. We don't want to just seek social satisfaction. Because that's very, very porous. It's not solid, it breaks. You'll find something now, and it'll give you satisfaction. So what happens in a year's time, a month's time, a week's time, when it no longer gives you satisfaction? We find that we're at a loss. Not only was I focusing on something that wasn't very healthy, but now that I have lost value in that, I feel a loss of it, and then I feel lost in myself. What do I hold on to? Sin, sometimes when we leave it and we don't protect ourselves, comes back much more aggressively. Okay, let me ask you this. Don't answer out loud, but just think inside your head. Does anyone get sweet cravings? Sweet cravings. And then suddenly say, I'm not going to eat any sweets. Now, very similar to if you're a chain smoker, you're not going to smoke. If you're a drinker, I'm not going to drink. But you guys wouldn't know anything about that, so I'll just take the sweets. <laughs> and then you fight it, fight it, fight it. And all of a sudden, something happens. And you go back. What happens? You go back on the vengeance. You eat more than you ever could have. You drink more than you ever could have. You smoke more than you ever could have. Why? Because it, it, it's, it's a rebound effect. Because we've been holding back and depriving of ourselves, but not filling ourselves with anything that makes a difference. So while you're depriving yourself, you're not actually being satisfied by anything, you're creating greater hunger. So when we stop committing a sin, if we're not replacing it by anything in our lives, we're actually creating a greater desire for that same sin. And the minute we fall, the minute we fall, suddenly, it comes back stronger than it ever was. St. Gregory the Great says, The more the heart of a sinner is consumed by the fire of love, the more fully is the rust of sin consumed. Okay, I'll say that to you again. The more fully the heart of a sinner is consumed by the fire of love, the more fully the rust of sin is consumed. The greater the burning for God, the greater the desire for purity and holiness, the greater the seeking and finding of that peace, the more the sin, the weakness, the defilement, all of that is pushed out, is purged, is purified. It doesn't go by itself. 
Sin must be pushed out and then kept out. We, we make several mistakes. The first mistake is thinking, okay, I don't want to do that again. Okay, fine. I'm sure you don't, but what have I done to not let it happen again? The second is, okay, I don't want to do that again. I'm not going to do it again, but I don't replace it. I make ends. So in the first one, I don't take a proactive step. In the second one, I take a proactive step, but then don't follow it up. I'm going to stop this sin. Okay, but what am I replacing it with? It's something that's become part of me, something that's we have a control of. What am I replacing it with? One very typical mistake we make in our human interactions is um, if I have an issue with someone and I don't want to dislike that person. Let me assure you that not disliking the person is not enough. You actually have to start trying to love the person to get rid of the dislike. That's why our Lord says to us to love our enemies. We can't push out hatred without loving. We cannot push out hatred without loving. We can't just be in a state of equilibrium where things are okay. I can't push out sin without righteousness. Just like I cannot push out hunger without eating. I can't push out thirst without drinking. I can't push out sin without righteousness. And that's what I need. We try. We really, really try. We really try. But it doesn't work. Psalm 119, verse 11 is beautiful. It says, Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Lord, the only way I can't sin against you is if I have your love, your word, in my heart. Nothing else does it. Because unless I am constantly reminded, unless I am constantly supported by this love, by this word, by the message I'm driven to live, then I'm going to continue to sin against you. Because I don't have the strength hold back. I don't have the strength to fight off sin. If we think we can fight sin on our own, we are sadly and sometimes tragically mistaken. Because what happens is, I'll try to fight it off on my own, but then I fall. It's not my strength that helps me. It's the power of God inside me. 
In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4, God refers to himself as a consuming fire. And I always find that imagery beautiful. A consuming fire. Right? Fire is just, it's powerful. And it is dangerous and it's sometimes deadly, but when used properly, it is purifying. It's cleansing. When you look at places where there is infection, places where there is risk of an outbreak, quite often people use fire to burn remnants of diseases, infections, risks. In our lives, God is that consuming fire. Unless he roars within me, unless he fills my heart, unless my heart becomes an, a furnace for that fire, then the sin within it cannot be purged. It'll be pushed to the side of it. It'll do a random clean up and clean half of that up and get really tired. That's the worst feeling, the most annoying feeling ever, right? Where you're tidying up your desk or your office or your room or whatever, and you sort of get halfway, you think, I'm too tired, I can't do it anymore. It's annoying because you're almost there, but you're not. Because sometimes we create more of a mess in cleaning than we do if we just leave it alone, because we pull things out. If we're trying to cleanse our heart, we deal with issues, we pull them out, and then leave them half dealt with, and they trouble us even more than they started. We try to work through issues and pull out hatred from our heart and try to deal with it, and we do the first half, we pull out the issues, we've exposed all of this mess, then we can't, we just can't finish it. And it's now more exposed. It's more ugly. It's more difficult. Unless the consuming fire of God's presence is there to purge all of those other things, to purge the things that have no place within my heart, unless that happens, God remains after and it's beautiful because God refers himself to himself in two ways. In Deuteronomy, as the consuming fire, it goes through a place and purges it. And then in the book of Jeremiah chapter two, as the fountain of living water. So this vessel has become corrupted. The first thing I do is I purge it, I clean it. And once I've cleansed it, once I've purified it, once I've emptied it of all of these things that challenge the holiness of my life, then I fill it with the living water. That living, clear, crystal, pure water that gives me life.
Our hearts were never meant to be empty. Our minds were never meant to be empty. They were always meant to be consumed by something or to consume something. And if I leave it empty, then is the worst time for strength. You know the, the expression always draws about the empty mind being the, the devil's playground. We've all tried that, I'm sure. If you just think, you know, daydream for a minute in your, in your day and see where your mind takes you. Is it going to be constructive and either good and either profitable and either righteous and either pure? Generally, probably not. Because it needs to be filled with that same living water. Psalm 66.10 For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as the silver is refined. You have brought us into the net. You have laid afflictions on our backs. You have caused men to rise over our hearts. We went through fire and water. Lord, we've been through all of that. We've been through all of that. The things that rise over us, the problems that befall us, the tragedies we have, we've gone through all of that. But at the end of it, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. You brought us out to rich fulfillment. It is good for us to go through a purifying and cleansing action. And sometimes during the course of that action, it's going to seem really painful. Very painful, unnecessarily painful. Especially if I'm dealing with things within myself. Sometimes, my own lack of love, my own selfishness, my own lack of forgiveness. And I am revealed to myself and I think, but that's not who I thought I was. That's not what I thought of myself. And it'll look at that time, like all of these things, like affliction, like the net, like being tested, like being burnt. But that's where the refinement comes in. That's where the refinement comes in. That's where the purging comes in. And that's where being brought out to rich fulfillment. Fulfillment of what? Fulfillment of the will of God. Fulfillment of his desire for our lives. Fulfillment in being like him exactly. Fulfillment in being the best person I can possibly be. Chasing that dream and then actually living it. We spend so much time chasing dreams. We don't live them. We don't realize them. And this is how we live it.
Second Peter 3 8. Beloved, do not forget this one thing that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Deal with this refinement as a process, not as a single operation. It's a process. We often want a single operation. I want to hit a button and get what I want. I want to be able to flip a switch and realize I've got this. But it's not like that. It's a process. It's a process that takes time and commitment. It takes energy. It does take energy. And the last thing we want to spend our energy on is any thought of any sort of spiritual practice. We just don't need to talk. I don't need spiritual practice. I would much rather use my time doing other things. I have my career, I have my social life, I have my family, I have my studies, I have so many things, so many things we prioritize and we give importance and we use our time and energy on. How many of us have pulled all-nighters to study? How many of us have pulled all-nighters to prepare a report for work? How many of us get deadly tired and then take nothing in between? I didn't want to throw in how many of us have pulled all-nighters at clubs and parties because that would just be unbearable. But we do, we find energy and we invest that energy and we like to invest that energy. But what about the real energy to seek our hearts, to find that peace? Our Lord says to us, in the world you will find tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. We only are of good cheer when we overcome the world through him. Beautiful scripture that we use from the Gospel of St. John in the third hour prayers of our Adorno. In me you will have peace. That's what God says to us. He says that we will have peace in Him, we will have joy in Him, we will have promise in Him. We'll have fulfillment. We need to try to fulfill the right thing. All of these other things will happen. Our Lord also assures us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all, all will be added to you. Whatever you want after that, once you seek God and his righteousness and you live that, anything you want will be given to you. Because our perspective will be very different. What we want will be very different. What we seek will be very different. All of that will have context to us. Philippians 1.6 speaks about being confident in everything that he who has begun the work in you will complete it. 
When we stop this purifying work, it's God who starts it for us. It's God who pursues it for us. And God is one who, when he starts things, will finish them. So be assured and be confident that if we start this work of seeking this peace, cleansing our hearts, ridding ourselves of all of that sin, and gaining righteousness, if we start that work with him daily, then he will complete his work. Because he calls us to that peace, and he calls us to that wishful thing. Yeah, that's right.